Previously on Funny Science Fiction. Yeah, well, I hope it's good. The first one kind of crashed and burned. I think I ended my love affair with sci-fi that moment. But, you know, hopefully... Yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so are the moments. Come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lionel, welcoming you to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Thundercats! Ho! The podcast that accidentally opened... Princess Leia's only hope message that was meant for Obi-Wan. And the universe has never been the same. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Witch Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you will give Red Shirt Crewman number 45. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and attempts to defend us all from Mumra 16 minutes into episode 37, we know that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. Because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his laser pointer. And speaking of sponsors and show partners, check out this short video from our good friends over at Level Up Lightsabers. Information about Level Up Lightsabers and their online training sessions can be found in the episode description below. All right, guys, our guest today is the voice of Lionel from Thundercats, as well as the voices of Count Chocula, Sonny the Cocoa Puffs Bird, and a great many others. And so you might even recognize them from commercials, video games, and a great many other things. Of course, we are talking about our guest, the great voice actor, Larry Kenny. Thank you for joining us today, Larry. Hey, thanks for having me, everybody. It's great to be here. I love that little uh, video you just played. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah very cool. As yeah, we've uh, showing off the lightsaber in the background. <laughs> yeah, I got mine the other day. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's our new show partner, Level Up Lightsabers. Is a really cool group of guys. I don't think I have the Sword of Omens here. I'd show it to. Oh, oh that would that would be cool. Locked, keep it locked away. You know. Well, it's probably safer that way. <laughs> there's a there's a whole gaggle of nerds out there that'd love to get their hands on that. So. <laughs> Me being one of them. So, uh, <laughs> well, Larry, before we get into anything real serious or in-depth, I have a question to ask you about Thundercats. Now, for and I want to thank you for Thundercats because as a kid, I religiously watched that every single day. I right. loved Thundercats. It was an amazing show, and I have such awesome memories about that show. And so, so thank you very much for all the work that you put into that. But my, my question, pleasure. go ahead. My no, it was my pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but my my question, it might even be a bit of a silly question. Didn't you guys think it was odd for a group of superhero cats to chase after a red laser pointer in the sky? <laughs> we, we did. We did until, the, uh, as I recall, it was the, when the, the first paychecks came. <laughs> 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 You know, of, course, uh, of course, there was a little discussion about it, you know, but actually, you know, uh, from the very beginning, all of us in the cast and the crew, uh, uh, even before we recorded anything, we, we were talking about this thing is really well written. And of course, they, they showed us the opening animation and all that. And we thought, oh, the music blew us away, you know, like it did everybody else, I think. And uh, so immediately we all said, this is, you know, this could have a chance. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it was a really well done show, and 
I just, it, it was one of those things I think that kind of, I kind of caught on to later on in years, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, I think I saw a meme about it and it was yeah. talking about, uh, you know, cats chasing a red laser pointer. And I was like, you know, they're, they're, they're right. Uh, <laughs> but what's the best way to get a cat to do anything? Laser pointer. Laser, laser pointer. Yeah. I mean, they're not wrong. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of, you know, I never thought about this before, but that's kind of what the sword of omens uh, is. isn't it? I mean, it, it shoots a laser beam out well the thundercats can see it kind of like batman looking up in the sky you know? yeah it was a signal yeah. for sure yeah. yeah it's it's a laser pointer in the sky <laughs> <laughs> so whether you are a hero a villain a mother or a father we all have an origin story what was it that drew you to voice acting well it, it what drew me to voice acting is probably what drew you guys to uh talking about this thing is the love of cartoon shows. When I was a kid, um, you know, we had some great cartoon shows back then too. I mean, you know, all the Disney stuff and, and the Marvel a little later on and Looney Tunes, which I'm sure you guys have seen, although that, you know, oh, yeah. 50 years old, but uh, um, yeah, I used to watch cartoons as a kid. And uh, as a matter of fact, my mother <clears throat> who will be 95 tomorrow. God love her. Oh, uh, congratulations. Told, yeah, she's going, she's going great. She's always told me that from the time I started talking, uh, I was doing, you know, impressions and voices. I would mimic the stuff I saw on television, you know. Uh, and uh, so that I just kind of stayed with that as a kid. I was always, and of course, I found it at school that it made me a, you know, likable guy hanging around and made people laugh with the voices and things like that. <laughs> Chicks really dug it. And uh, oh, fourth grade, kids, kids went nuts for it. Uh, but, uh, so I, I, kept doing that. And then I started in radio when I was 15 years old as a disc jockey. And, uh, I incorporated the little, the voices and impressions into my radio show. You know, I'd play records and then a commercial and then I'd do a little bit that I had written or, or made up, thought up in my head, you know, and I kept doing that. And uh, all the radio stations I worked at, I finally ended up in New York and where I've been for 45 years. Seven years, I guess, and um, uh, then then that, of course, led to uh, um, doing auditions for commercials. So I did the uh, got the Count Chocula and the Cocoa Puffs, you know, and I think in seventy eight and seventy nine, and then came this call from my agent one day saying they're going to be doing a new cartoon series, uh, and and I'd like you to go there and and interview for that or audition for that, you know. So it's kind of a long answer, but that, that's how I got started in the business. You know, I, I, I think I'm not totally incorrect if I say I started in the business when I was about seven or eight years old, because that's when I started rehearsing. Anymore. There you go. Now, we like long answers. Long answers are good answers. Oh, right. It actually makes a lot of sense, too. But yeah. It is that part of you never grew up. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, my wife will tell you I'm still 15 years old, you know, and act like it sometimes. Oh, you're that lucky. Your wife says you're 15. All right. <laughs> you got three whole years on what Tim's wife says about him. You're not wrong. No, no, I'm not. Because I, I love say, her and I know her very well. <laughs> I always say that my wife has three children. Or my, my wife has four children. I I raised three. Because my wife has to raise me. So I'm a work in progress. Yeah. Well, I so, think uh, people, I've been told that before, that I, I have a very young personality. And I... Uh, I guess it's a combination of reasons. I, I've always been optimistic, and I and, and 
of course, I got very lucky in my life at, with getting into the business I got into. So what's not to be happy about, you know, I mean, I'm luckiest guy in the world. I can do what yeah, I do. absolutely. Get paid for it and have fun doing it. You know, this, you think about it, there aren't a lot of people, I think, in the world that uh, can honestly say they, they can't wait to get up in the morning and go, go to the job and, and love every part of it. And, and I, I feel that way. Well, that's great. That's phenomenal, actually. So doing a little bit of research about you, Larry, it, according to the Internet, which we all know that the Internet can be wrong. <laughs> you were doing scenes for both Lion-O and Jackalman. Man. Jackal Man. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. you did their voices in real time. So effectively doing scenes with yourself. So first yeah. of all, is that true? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actors. We, we each have our own way of, of doing the job, you know, performing. Um, and with cartoon shows, um, first of all, there were only five of us in the cast. And over 130 episodes of Thundercats, for example, the five or sometimes six of us did every voice that you hear. So you have to be able to do a lot of them, you know. And so it comes there comes a point uh, before too long where you'll get to a point in the script where uh, one of your characters is having dialogue with another one of your characters. <laughs> Now, most of the other folks, I think, used to like to do them all one voice at one time and then go back and then do the other voice at the time. I've always preferred to do them um, in real time, as I, as I call it. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, if, if Lion-O is talking with the Jackal Man, who's one of the voices I did too, uh, <laughs> instead of doing all the Lion-O and then all the Jackal Man, I would just do it straight through like... Um, well, Jackal Man, I see you're up to no good. Yes, that's right, Lion-O. And we're going to get you, Thundercats. No, you're not. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun to do, and they give you a chance to show off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I do have a little bit of a follow-up question with that. And then this is actually a question that my husband was interested in as well. So what advice do you give to parents who are trying to, to do those same voices while reading to their children, switching between <laughs> voices like that? Well, that never worked for me. Uh, with all three of my kids, I have children now who are 51, 37, and 33. And uh, I read to them all when they were growing up. Of course, mm -hmm. they had, they're spaced out a little bit. but And uh, without exception, uh, they never – I would sit down to read with to one of them. And I would say uh, something like, um, and the old witch came into the house and said, I'm going to get you. And my kids would look up and say, Dad, just read it. <laughs> read it. And in the meantime, I'm being paid pretty good money every day to go into, this, into New York City and do that same thing. You know, make funny little voices. But right. they said, just read the book. I said, okay. My husband read the Hobbit to our daughter and yeah. he struggled switching between <laughs> Bilbo and Gollum. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. I but would pay to watch John do that. I the next time he does it, I will get video of it. Cause it's amazing. <laughs> I, yes, please. Yeah. So he, doesn't yeah. Read, he doesn't read them in real time. Then he does all of one and then goes back and does the other. No, he was reading them in real time and switching yeah. between them and then had a, big coughing fit at the end of it. It was actually, <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> oh, I want to see that so bad. <laughs> I will tell him tonight that we need to start reading it again. There you go. All right. Yes, please. Sure. So Larry, um, 
one of the things I see that you've taken on into your into your repertoire, we shall say, uh, been added to your resume is the work in video game franchises like Mafia, Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto, and, yeah. and a few others. You, you've done some voiceover work for those. Now, for you, how does voiceover work for video games differ from animated series and commercials, or is it more similar than people think? It is uh, almost identical. Uh, you're in a you're, you're in a in a little booth with a microphone, and the producer's out on the other side of the glass, and the engineer and all that. Until, and I and I, I did several. Uh, in fact, you mentioned some of the the video games that I've been on. Uh, Grand, Se Grand Theft Auto 4, I think it was, and mm -hmm. uh, um, Mafia 2, and there were a few others. But then came Red Dead Redemption 2, where I got to do mocap. You guys familiar with uh, mm -hmm. motion capture? Yeah. And that's a whole different ballgame. That's that's a weird world that I had never been in before. You, you're wearing a, uh, you're not in a booth. Uh, you're on, on the set, which is actually a in most cases, an airplane hangar or something that they they bought in the Transformed Rockstar games, bought an enormous uh, hangar where they used to store some of the some of the um, uh, rockets and missiles oh. <laughs> out on Long Island. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool just being there. And then you you walk in and there's enormous space, of course, and there are thousands of cameras all over the ceilings and walls. And there's a, a wall full of like twenty or twenty five people each with their own computer in front of them and they're, you know, because mm -hmm. the, the whole thing is about computers, you know, and you as the actor are dressed. If you're on camera, I call it on camera. And of course I, I've done other stuff. Like I said, uh, where you're just in the booth because, um, uh, well, I can't explain it, but you know what I mean? But anyway, for yeah, most right. actor, uh, you put this, they put this, um, like a spandex or latex suit on you with a helmet, you've got gloves on, you've got boots on, cover your entire body, and they have, uh, it has little contact points all over it that, that, that tell the computers, show the computers how you move. You spend the first hour uh, going through this series of, uh, you stand in front of a, a camera, and the, a guy says, okay, um, um, lift both arms, and you lift both arms, put one arm up, and Stand on one leg. First, I thought they were pulling my ear. <laughs> and uh, then, then they have a different guy that you just—he's got a camera just on your face, and he'll say, "Okay, smile as big as you can, frown, you know, wink your eye, do this." What it's doing is teaching the computer every movement that your body makes, so that what you see on the screen in the, on a video game is—you don't see me, of course, my face. You see a character, but. The way he's moving and is me is the way I taught it, taught to do it. As a matter yeah. of fact, when you first walk out onto the stage, onto the set, you look up and there are giant monitors all over. And I would walk out and look up at the monitor and wave to myself, and it waves mm -hmm. back. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and you see that you see the character as he's going to look on on the screen on the video game, uh, but. And with his with his costume on, whatever he he wears, but it's me inside it. It's crazy, I know. And as a matter of fact, when I when I showed my wife the first time, she said, "That's just the way you walk." And I said, "Yeah, that's that's my walk." That's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know, it was very strange at first. A lot of hard work, um, but it, but it's a lot of fun to do. All right, yeah. So you did that on Red Dead, correct? 
Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, J.B. Cribs. Yeah, J.B. Yeah. Cribs, yeah. Yeah, thank you for protecting my camp and keeping it warm and safe for me. <laughs> Don't trust him too much. <laughs> he's, a, he's a bit of a codger. You know? Well, there is that. All right, I'm so... To, I'm trying to think so, of a line that I could do from that. Uh, yeah, he, you know a guy like this, and he said, well, you know, she claimed to be a royalty, but she had a head the size of a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bunch of odd little one-liners as you as you come by him and talk to him. And, yeah. Get out of here, you varmint. There you go. Yeah. So our Facebook page has it's filled with just a bunch of memes, and it's usually combined combining this show with this show or this saying with this show or mm. every other show. And so what two shows would you like to see a combination of? Well, um, a lot of people ask me if there's ever going to be a, uh, a show like that with, with Thunder, uh, Thundercats and Silverhawks together, which Silverhawks was another Rankin-Bath show that I was on. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be interesting. In fact, there, there was talk for quite a while on the Internet uh, um, that people say, hey, I heard this is going to happen. You know how that goes. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, the last 20 years, people have been talking about a Thundercats movie, and it never came to fruition, although it's about to, I guess. Um, yeah, I think Thundercats and Silverhawks would be kind of a cool combination. That would be a fun combination. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I would complain. <laughs> Tim's like, I would watch that. <laughs> Give me my popcorn. Let's make this happen. <laughs> right? Then I would have to have those real live, uh, real time conversations between uh, Lion O and Bluegrass. That would be an interesting jump. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, I would pay to watch that. So. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> so some people see that an- see animation as suitable only for children. But mm. the morals and lessons taught in a lot of anim- animation can apply to everyone, regardless of how old you are. Yeah. So do you think that the messaging is still as important of an aspect of modern animation as it was back when the Committee for, Chil- Committee for Children's Television was an active force? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I'm not sure I understand the gist of it, though. I know what you're talking about with the children, uh, the Committee for Children's Television, mm-hmm. or, uh, when they cleaned up the cartoon yeah. Uh, industry. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, what was the rest of the question? I'm sorry. So do you think that the that messaging, that having morals and having those uh, moral lessons taught in cartoons, do you think that's still as big of an issue, as big of um, an aspect of modern animation? Well, not from what I've seen. <laughs> I don't think they worry too much about morals anymore. Uh, I mean, with you know, Family Guy and stuff like that, which I love. I love those shows, mm-hmm. but that kind of stuff couldn't have flown back. You know, that's why that committee oh, no. came out. And I, I think uh, that for one thing, they're not making cartoons today so much for children uh, like they did back in, in in my day when I was a kid. I mean, cartoons were made, obviously, if you watch them, for kids. Although there were some that I remember uh, watching as a little kid and loving them for the things a little kid loves cartoons for. And then when I grew up, uh, it had a whole different meaning for me. Things like uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Have you guys seen mm-hmm. Yeah. Rocky and Bullwinkle? That was a funny cartoon show when you were a kid. And then when you grew up a little bit, you realized the references that they made uh, and what they were really talking about, mm-hmm. like that. 
And on today's uh, animations, it seems to me that almost everything, uh, anything goes with things like South Park, uh, uh, King of the Hill, Simpsons, of course, right. uh, the, the greatest and longest running animated show of all time. So I, I think I answered your question. Uh, did they answer your question? I think so, yeah. Because, okay. I mean, as you say, it is kind of more of an anything goes sort of mm -hmm. society, honestly. Well, no, the whole society, yeah, exactly. That's the point I was going to make. It's not just cartoon shows. It's not, you know, it's all, I mean, you see things on primetime TV that I still go, what, can they say that? You know, it's <laughs> on CBS at nine o'clock at night. Right. How are they getting away with that? Oh, that's right. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> well, it's a freer society, a more open society, and uh, yeah, nobody cares anymore. <laughs> True. Lower standards is what tends yeah. to happen. Yeah. Okay. So now, aside from the original run of Thundercats, uh, you have been asked back to voice other characters on newer runs of the series. Mm. Now, although you're not voicing Lionel in the newer runs, uh, of the series. What did it mean to you to be included in these newer incantations of the show? Well, I felt it a great honor both times. You're talking about the 2011 um, yeah. reboot uh, um, uh, in which I played Claudius, Lionel's father. Mm -hmm. and the most recent one, uh, just a year or two ago, was uh, Thundercats Roar. Correct. And I played uh, Jaga on that one. I was only on a few episodes. Yeah. You know, and same thing with Claudius. Um, I was, especially when the 2011 thing came out, I was uh, deeply honored that they would ask me to play uh, Claudius on it. Not for myself only, but for, I felt that it was a, a nice homage to the entire cast of the first show and to the people and to the fans of the first show. Mm -hmm. Because they made it, they, they stayed as close as they could to the storyline and to the, you know, to the code of Thundera, truth, loyalty, justice, honor. And I got them all. <laughs> um, and I really, I really felt it was, you know, kind of cool thing for them to have me on there. And I remember the first time uh, anybody saw it was in San Francisco at uh, Comic-Con and, um, they, they ran the first, uh, the pilot episode that nobody had, had seen yet in a big auditorium with, I don't know, a couple thousand people. And we were backstage uh, back behind the curtain. So we could hear the thing going on, but you couldn't really hear exactly what part of the, sh you know, where, where they were in the story. You just hear the audience pretty much. Every once in a while, a lot of applause. And at one point, we heard this enormous cheer and roar, stomping of feet out there. And uh, one of the producers of the show came over to me. He said, they just heard you say Thundercats. So. <laughs> nice. They went crazy. And I, it actually brought a tear to my eye. I said, oh, man. That's, oh, that's, that's a cool story. Yeah, that's really something. That is cool. I, I think one of the nice things that, that happens when they do these reboots and things, it, it, what you said, I think is very true, to pay an homage back to the fans even. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because now for someone like me who watched the original series faithfully, you know, after school and was loved it and couldn't wait to see the next one. Mm -hmm. So for me to know that you were included in the new version or mm -hmm. in the reboots was actually very important because... And, and that to me, you know, that's just saying it's a way to not only say thank you to the former cast, but it also it's a gentle nod to the history. And I, I loved it when other shows have done this, like the new versions of Star Trek, when they brought Leonard, Leonard Nimoy back as mm -hmm. as his version of Spock. Yeah, I think it was a nice crossover showing that the 
the respect to the old show, showing respect to the to the the fans of the original series, exactly, and, and a gentle nod to where it could go in the future. And I and I think that's the kind of the, what they were the same thing they were doing in 2011 by having you back, you know, to to do the role that you provided there. Yeah. So exactly, yeah, hit the fans in the nostalgia. It works. absolutely. Sure, and that's that's all a part of it now. Like you said, when if they bring Optimus Prime back to do something, or you know, people get a, a kick out of that. You know, hey, that's the guy, that's the guy I listened to when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and here he is, 25, 30 years later, and and he's you know he's still up, he's still Optimus Prime. You know, yeah, absolutely. So also, with regards to the th- 2011 Thundercat Thundercats, you were cast alongside actors who grew up watching the original. So yes. have you noticed? Did you notice changes in the different generations of voice? How different voice actors develop their craft now, or does that, or does it come back to some core unchanging concepts with voice acting? Well, I can't really tell you because I didn't work with the other actors on the 2011, uh, uh, which I was disappointed to find. I, uh, they flew me out to uh, L.A. to do the first of I think three episodes I did on the as, as Claudius, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget I got there. And they had a huge studio, just like the one we used in New York. Uh, and they had, we had like five or six microphone stands and microphones in a semicircle, just like we always did. So I got there kind of early and I was chatting with the, you know, everybody's asking questions about the original show and stuff. And, and uh, at one point I said, um, are we going to be starting soon? Because I didn't see any other actors. And they said, oh, uh, you're, acting, you're working alone today, Larry. Today's their day off. Oh, and I thought, what was the point of flying me out to Los Angeles? They did that three times, and I never, never met any of the other actors there. I, I met them in San Francisco. A couple of them I met uh, Emmanuel Tricky, who was Chitara, mm-hmm. and um, um, oh gosh, I can't believe I'm going to forget their name. Uh, Mercer, Matthew, Matt Mercer. Mercer. He was Tigra, yeah. If I did not get to meet uh, Will Friedel, who was who was uh, Lionel, I still haven't met him. But I got the nicest email from him uh, before that show even aired. He emailed me. I, I think I think it's okay if I tell people it was a private email, but uh, he began it by telling me how humble he was and frightened to be, you know, uh, quote, uh, you know, taking over my job or yeah. you know, mm-hmm. following, trying to follow me, you know. So I, I thought that was really nice. And I wrote him back saying, listen, you don't you worry about that. You do it your way. And then 20 years from now, people are going to be saying, you know, if they make another one, we want Will Friedel. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's so funny for me growing up. I mean, I'm a 90s kid, so I watched reruns of Thundercats. Uh-huh. And then when Thundercats came back in 2011, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. Yeah. And then it was the wait. But Will Friedel? But that's Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World. What is this? Yeah. He's also Terry McGinnis from Batman Beyond. Yes, Batman. he is. Yes, he is. We're all somebody else. There yeah. you go. <laughs> I'm mostly just dad or Shane's husband, but you know, nothing exciting. <laughs> and it was it was funny too when we were researching your roles to get ready for the podcast. And my husband's like, he worked with Matt Mercer. I'm like, I'm only a little jealous. <laughs> Matt's a great guy. Oh my gosh. I admire his work so much. I do too. They were all great. Uh, Emmanuel was just the sweetest thing. Uh, So I think your question was, uh, did I notice a difference in the way actors work back then? Mm -hmm. They do today. Uh, No, because I didn't get a chance to work with them. I don't think there's very much difference. The only difference I've noticed in my 
60 some years of doing this is um, almost 60 uh, is uh, that back in the quote, the old days, back in the eighties, seventies, nineties, when we did something like Thundercats, we would all be in the same room. Mm-hmm. Always. We'd all work together. Um, in other words, one person didn't have a day off this day and you didn't have one person going into the booth and then the rest of them waiting to go in there. We were all, we all worked together. These days, most of the work I do is solo in a little smaller booth by yourself. And the producers probably aren't even there. They're probably in Los Angeles. I'm in New York and they're listening in, you know, and mm-hmm. doing it on an IFDN line. And you don't even see another, another actor, you know, mm-hmm. Which and I, I have no idea. I keep wanting to ask somebody on that side of the business, why do you guys? Why are we doing that that way now? Right. Because if you ask any actor, almost any of them, uh, I know the ones I know. When you're when you're in the entire group with people as an actor, you you react. Part of acting, right. the biggest part of reacting is of acting is reacting. I think is uh, not just delivering your lines, but reacting to the you know. And that interplay you get face to face with another actor. And I think you you miss something uh, um, delivery wise and performance wise. Right. So I, and, and nobody has ever yet told me why they do it the way they do now. Huh. It seems to be more costly to them in terms of studio rental and things like that. You know, huh. but who knows? But that's the only really the only big change that that I, I can say there's been. Uh, probably I'm sure there's been a big change in technology, better microphones, but I, I don't really. You know, know much about that. Yeah. Fair pay, enough. I don't yeah. pay attention. That's the... <laughs> you just do your lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Another show that you had mentioned earlier that you were on was Silverhawks. Mm. And as I was doing some research, and this was the first time I've ever heard of Silverhawks, and I started watching a couple episodes, and I'm like, where has this been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, uh, that's not an uncommon story for me to hear because I go to Comic-Cons and uh, more and more and more every year people are saying, you know, I really like Silverhawks. Some mm-hmm. people say I like it better than Thundercats now. And they, they would say to me, uh, like you just did, um, I didn't even know about it in the beginning because Thunder, Thundercats was pretty much dominating the, the market back then, you know. And um, as a matter of fact, when I first started doing Comic-Cons, maybe – 10, 12 years ago, I didn't even take Prince of Bluegrass, my character in that show, to sign. Mm-hmm. Didn't think anybody would want them. Right. And uh, once in a while, somebody would ask, and I'd say, oh, gee, I don't have any. But now I, I take them because there are maybe not half as many people, but, uh, you know, a lot, a lot more people asking for, for Prince of, of Bluegrass now. And uh, more I people, would. More people tell <laughs> me, hey, I'll send you one. <laughs> uh, you got it. Yeah, sure. My day is made. All right. <laughs> Cool. I'll put it right there back on my wall right next to my other sign of things. That'd be awesome. <laughs> what do you have on your wall there? Let's see. You got a lot of stuff on there. Oh, I got He's got a ton of stuff. A ton of Funko Pops. I've got a uh, autographed copy in the back corner there. Uh, right there is an autographed copy of uh, Dayton Ward's uh, Kirk Fu manual. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you're a big Star Trek fan, check that out. Okay. Dave Ward is a New York Times bestselling author. He writes a lot of Star Trek novels and and some some funnier things for them. But I got an autographed copy of that. I've got Thor's hammer, Captain America's shield, Iron Man's mask. Is that a Darth well, Vader tie too? Uh, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, 
Who would have thought that Darth Vader wears a tie? <laughs> well, he, my Darth Vader is a classy Darth Vader. Uh, my R2-D2 lava lamp, my Darth Vader uh, okay. lightsaber lamp, you know. Okay. You I could go you, on, but. Those, those Funko Pops are the cutest thing. Uh, I remember when people first started bringing those to Comic Cons, I hadn't seen them before, and I, wow, this is this is cute. They are, now, they're adorable. Now it's it's all jazz, you know. It's yeah. Somebody told me I was just in the in um, Pensacola, Florida, and some guy came up with a, a Lion of Funko Pop, and somebody asked him, somebody else, you know, one of the fans, "What you get? You can't get those." He said, "I paid four hundred dollars for it." Oof. Yikes. I couldn't believe it. People saying, yeah, sometimes four or five hundred bucks for some of these Funko Pops. Mm -hmm. And that's before they're signed. <laughs> yeah, Lionel Funko Pop, $399 on eBay. I did not know it existed, and now I got to figure out how to get one cheaper. <laughs> All right. Goodness, there's one for $950. Oh, my goodness. I don't wow. get it. I know. I don't get it. What was your favorite part about playing bluegrass? Oh, I never thought about that, but I think probably he's just a good old boy, and I came, I come from, <clears throat> you know, uh, not the South, but Southern Illinois, you know, and where people talk like he does, you know, hey, kid, what you doing today? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> and he, he was so easygoing, and, you know, to go from from um, uh, Lionel, you know, who's, <laughs> and Jackman, and Rataro, and all those other characters, Safari Joe and all of those that I played on Thundercats. It was just cool to be able to be in the studio and go, well, let me tell you something, kid. <laughs> <laughs> this one, put it with this one. That's when you got something there. You know, Shazam. <laughs> nice. That was my favorite part. Nice. It's a good day. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right, Larry. Well, we've come to a point in our, our interview process here where we like to play a quiz with every one of our guests. Uh-oh. going to Embarrass me now. Oh, like, I did not, not agree for this part. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> not. Promise me it's not questions like in episode 97. It is not. When Lionel walked, he had a sword <laughs> in his right hand. And when he came out, I just, I just go, please. <laughs> no, no. I it's about every episode. No, it's, a, it's, not a, it's not about the individual episodes. It's random okay. trivia about uh, Thundercats, though. Okay. Okay. So hopefully it's stuff that you'll be able to get. It's a five question quiz, <laughs> they are all multiple choice. Oh, okay. good, good. So, so you get a, you get a little bit of a boost there. Okay, However, I'll, take, I'll take C for the first one then. Ooh, don't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> here, that's the, that's the only hint I can give you. Uh, first question: Don't take C. All right. So, uh, <laughs> if you get three questions correct, we'd like to send you a "I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund" coffee mug. Oh, fantastic! Well, I, right. plan, I plan to give something to them too, anyway. So, all right, awesome. Yeah, and if you drink, uh, if you drink, yeah, <laughs> we'll fix that in post. All right, so maybe I, I have a feeling that Nick's going to leave that one in, though. If you get four questions correct, we'd like to send you the coffee mug, which you can drink out of. Uh, and this book, Custodians of the Cosmos, which was written by our group founder Drayton Allen, Nick's dad. Wow. Cool. And it's all about a young man who wanted to join Starfleet but couldn't hack it. He washed out and rejoined. Uh, as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. <laughs> it is so. legitimately one of the funniest books I've ever read. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm and uh, if you get less than three, so one, either one or two questions, we'd like to take a picture of you and make a meme out of you and put it on our, our Facebook group with over 130,000 members. 
Would that be sure, okay? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we call that our fun sequence. It's a fun sequence. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, it, it won't if, be anything distasteful. It'll be it'll be fun and funny. So, and okay. if you do that, if you end up failing our quiz and becoming a meme, you are in very good company. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, we've only we've only had two two failures so far. I think th or three. Three. We've had Dan Povenmire from Phineas and Ferb. Uh, we've had uh, well, Alan from Level Up Lightsabers volunteered, so I don't know if that counts. Robin okay. Curtis volunteered as well. Robin okay. Curtis volunteered as well from Star Trek Three. She was in Search for Spock. Okay, uh, she volunteered for it, and uh, the only one I can think of that at that required it was uh, Frank Duran from the Warp Shelf podcast. Okay, so well, pretty good company I'm in there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Nick, take it away. The first season. These are all multiple choice, by the way. Hmm. Uh, of Thundercats was actually completed in 1983, but was not publicly shown until was it A, 1984, B, 1985, or C, 1986? B. You are C? correct. I told you not to pick C. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Question number two This person helped compose the theme song of Thundercats. A, Al Pacino. <laughs> B, James Lipton, or C, James Earl Jones? Uh, this is going to be a surprise to most people, I think. It was actually uh, uh, Lipton, James Lipton from, um, uh, what was the show? Uh, Inside the Actor's Studio? Yeah. Yep. Great show. Yeah, it was James Lipton. And you I, are correct. I did not know that until probably a few months ago when I read it somewhere. Yeah, I was looking up show trivia, and that was like that can't be true. And I, I, I was like, that's an internet rumor. And I'm typing away, and I, and I was like, I found like three sources that all said it. I'm like, well, okay, I got triple sources. So it's got to be legit. And now you have it confirmed from Lion O himself. Bingo. So there you go. So you mean it wasn't Al Pacino? He didn't uh, right? No, but that would have been cool. <laughs> Santo. Yeah, I can't do an Al Pacino. I've got three. I got three. Got that too. You've got two. Oh, two. Okay. Yep. Question number three. At the end of each episode, Lionel, Chitra, Chi, Chi, Chitara. I knew that. <laughs> Chitara. <laughs> We're not fixing that in post either. <laughs> no. And Pro and some other good guys in the series do what? Tell jokes, perform arts and crafts, or give younger viewers tips and advice for life? Hmm. See. You are correct. For life. <laughs> All right, yeah. that's, that's and I was three. afraid you were going to be hard. Yeah, <laughs> that was three. We're going to send you a coffee mug. Oh, okay. Now, right. we, now I go for the book, right? Yes. Yeah. Question number four Early episodes depicted Mumra as having a major weakness. It was A, didn't like his own reflection, B, he found cloth bandages to itch and irritate, or C, <laughs> he had a peanut allergy. A what? A peanut allergy. Oh, oh peanut. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, well, my first thought was, well, of course it was number one, or it was A. But uh, now I'm not so sure. The bandages thing, that was kind of a joke, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he did have bandages on him, but right. did you say he found them too itchy or something? Yeah. Nah, I think it was A. Uh, didn't like to see his own uh, image, his own... Vision. That is very true. He did not like his own reflection. I got the, the book. book. <laughs> Can I get it autographed? 
We will make sure yeah. it will be autographed, get autographed with okay. lots of vandalized words in the front of it. It'll be, it'll be great for you. And, and now I go for what? For the top prize? This is just for funsies now. Oh, okay. That was so your top you, prize. You have won the game. This is this is just for to say you, can, you went five for five. All right. That's beautiful. Go ahead. What Broadway-style play of Andrew Lloyd Webber is rumored to have influenced Thundercats? Was it Phantom of the Opera, Evita, or Cats? Well, nor I mean, first of all, it's cats, right? But Phantom of the Opera is a little, a little close. But since it's Thunder Cats, it's cats. It's got to be C cats. Yeah, it is cats. cats. <laughs> Good. I'm so right, you, you went five for five. Well done. Thank you. So after we say our goodbyes to everybody else, stick around. We'll make sure we get your your shipping address. We want to make sure we get those sent off to you. Okay, Larry. Yeah. Love being with you guys. Thank you. Yeah. And well, thank I, you. Can I just yes. say to anybody watching who was a Thundercats fan and Silverhawks fan and everything, I love you to death. If it weren't for people watching us, I wouldn't be here sitting today talking to you. I'd probably be washing cars or something. So <laughs> thanks, everybody. Well, Larry, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people go to find out about your previous acting work and what you're working on now? Well, there's always Wikipedia, I guess, and there's some great sites on uh, – there's a great site on the internet called uh, Behind the Voice Actors, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's one chasing voice actors, something like that, where they list every... In fact, I had to go there a couple of times to see which characters I did on a particular show. Because I <laughs> and they, and, and they, they let me know, you know, what, what characters I did. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's what I would... And where else can they go? I, I, I'm on Facebook, uh, if that's what Okay. I have an Instagram account, but I don't know how to work the darn thing. <laughs> so uh, better, better Facebook, yeah. And um, or give okay. me a call, and I'll tell them whatever they want to know. There you go. All right. All right. We will make sure that we put those in our episode description so that people can Thank find you. you and your work. Thank you. All right. And uh, I just want to remind everyone that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to ensure that we get more great guests like Larry Kenny here and funny moments for you guys to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps out more than you're ever going to know. And please check out Larry Kenny's work. If you're not familiar with some of the shows we talked about today, go back and watch them. Trust me, you're going to love them. It's yeah. this classic animation at its finest. So you'll enjoy those as well. Now, however, if you're not happy, you're not satisfied with the content of our videos, all you have to do is submit five copies at least to the head of our complaint department, Snarf Egbert. <laughs> We're sure that he will get confused with it all and start muddling snarf, snarf, snarf. But once he's done with that, he'll turn him over to Lionel for processing. Sure, it takes a little bit longer, and snarf has his own ways of doing things. Plus, we don't understand a single thing he snarfs, I mean, says. <laughs> well, thanks again, Larry. Thank it's you, been man. a lot of fun. Thank you, Larry. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. Goodbye, everybody, and thanks for watching. Goodbye. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. 
The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.